Hey guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is Monday, December 27th, 2021, and just a couple of days after Christmas. I hope everybody had a fantastic holiday celebrating in whatever way you wanted to. I hope that you made it a day about you and your family if you wanted to, and taking some time to just reflect on how beautifully human you all are. So it's been a minute since I've podcasted. Um, Turns out the holidays get pretty busy with a little one in the house. So we, um, we have actually taken our Christmas decorations down. I'm one of those. When Christmas is over, I'm kind of ready for on to the next. So Christmas decorations are down, but definitely lots of fun and Christmas spirit uh, still in the house. So Anyway, let's get to it. Um, I promised you book club podcast episode on chapter four. And chapter four of my book, and let me just preface by saying, just for the people that are new to the podcast, I wrote a book. Um, It's called It's Gonna Be Great, It's Fine, I'm Fine, a no-nonsense survive and thrive guide for life. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, You can find it at Barnes & Noble. You can also find it on Audible if you prefer to listen. So I wrote it to be a less than two-hour read. I wanted it to be something that you could pick up, read, reflect on. There's some great exercises in there, some journaling. And this is a book all about pretty much just empowering yourself to navigate the world around you connected to your worth. And If you don't have it yet, check it out. Um, It's a quick read and I don't think you'll be sorry. So today we're going to be talking about chapter four and chapter four is called Why Me? And I start the chapter out by kind of reviewing a little bit of the last um, few chapters prior to it. And I remind you that self-worth is not something that you have to earn. It's something that we're all born with and somewhere along the way, Wherever our paths have taken us, a lot of us get disconnected from that. And so relearning to cultivate a connection to your self-worth means showing up every day and connecting with it. It means knowing your worth and your value are something that you were born with. They're innate, right? So you don't have to earn them. And I think one of the most popular questions that people ask me, you know, I and I actually say in the book, like, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've explained this to clients and I really feel like they're getting it. And then, you know, they ask me at the end of this beautiful sort of speech that I delivered, so how do I do that? And, you know, my answer to them is always accountability. You are the only one that can make a conscious choice to be accountable to yourself and your worth every day. So it's also important, I think, to remember that in the beginning of that, it might feel a little uncomfortable or even a little bit silly, but the more you can retrain your brain to get used to the idea of loving and accepting you just as you are right now, the more automatic it becomes. And I want you to think about it this way. Say you're in a friendship or a relationship with somebody. You don't show up every six months or so and check in and say, oh, hey, how are you doing? And expect that relationship to grow, right? No, you show up every day and you ask, how do I make it better? How can I love this person better? It's the same thing I want you to do with yourselves. You show up every day. And so when we get to the meat of chapter four, I'm talking about getting to know yourself. I'm talking about... Um, being accountable to that relationships. And when there are moments that don't feel good 
or put you in a place of, say, shame or you're blaming yourself. You've got to challenge yourself to not give up on you. And to do that, it's about taking a breath and supporting yourself through hard times. You absolutely have to become your biggest cheerleader and your own best friend and behave in a way that takes care of you. Because I'm here to tell you, there's no expiration date for when life stops being hard or hurtful or painful. It doesn't just kind of stop the older we get. I wish that were true. Um, But it means that you learn how to navigate those times in a way that don't push you further down into a rut. And why self-worth is so important when we're talking about things like boundaries and teaching people how to treat you is that if you don't believe that you're worthy of respectful, nice treatment, either will anyone else. In life, we teach people how to treat us, and we we generate the results that we think we deserve. And if you don't respect yourself, if you don't love and accept yourself, number one, you're not going to be able to do that for other people. So you're going to be hard for somebody else to be in a relationship with, but also your other people aren't going to know how to give that to you, right? And I actually, in this chapter, talk about where the title of this book came from. Um, from and how I kind of came up with it. And I can tell you for, you know, a lot of years, uh, I'm going to say five or six years before I met Jeff, I would tell you that I had a pretty up and down rocky relationship with the dating world. And men would ghost me or cheat on me or not show up when they say they would and just really do some really hurtful things, crappy things. And I always when it happened, you know, right on cue, I would call my best friend Erica. And I would tell her, you know, everything that was going on, sometimes crying, sometimes not, sometimes upset, sometimes not. And she'd always say something like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he turned out to be a real jerk. And I'd always kind of smile and sarcastically say, it's great. It's fine. I'm fine. And You know, in the beginning, we kind of laughed about that. When anything bad would happen, I'd say, oh, it's great. I'm fine. It's fine. And what I, looking back now, realized is that was totally a default. It was just my default response to anything bad that was happening in my life. And the truth was, when I got honest with myself, it wasn't fine. I was frustrated and hurt and angry and you know, really just hoping to catch a break, especially in the dating world. But I had a lot of stuff going on in life as well. And, you know, I think I said it so often that it did become a joke. And at some point, you know, to this day, that's what Erica and I still say to each other. um, And we can laugh about it now. Um, But, you know, I remember one time I, when I was single, my landlord raised my rent and I was so stressed and I just kept saying, it's fine, I'm fine. And, you know, what I didn't realize at the time was I was using humor and sarcasm to really sugarcoat some stuff that really wasn't fine. Um, my job, they, they told me I could work from home and then I couldn't and I had to drive an hour in and don't worry, it's fine, I'm fine. And the pattern that I was, that I'm really trying to establish in chapter four is that sometimes things just aren't fine. And not acknowledging that is not strength. It's actually dismissive of you and your feelings. And when you dismiss you and what you're going through in your feelings, there's no way that you can actually process and move through that in a way that feels empowered. And 
in a sense, it gives the other person a free pass to just keep treating you in a way that doesn't feel good. And, you know, generating a better result means knowing, number one, that you're worth it. But number two, understanding and acknowledging things and working through them, right? Actually exploring how you're feeling and deciding what you need to resolve it. What would feel better? What conversations do you need to have? And then I start to talk about boundaries, right? Step three is going to be committing to the idea that boundaries aren't meant to keep people out of your life. They are meant to keep people in your life in a healthy way that feels good to both of you. And a lot of conversations I have with private practice clients, people are afraid to set boundaries. They're afraid about how the other person might react and they fear that reaction. And so, it, or maybe they, they fear that perception that somebody might have about them. Oh, they're difficult or they're mean, something to that effect. And the first thing that we always need to get to the root of is that I want to ask you, why are you attempting to manage the other person's reaction to your boundaries? It's not our job to manage the other person's reactions to our boundaries, guys. It's our job to connect to ourselves and understand and acknowledge how we're feeling and what you need. If you deliver that message of a boundary to someone using an approach that's becoming of your worth, meaning not angry, not forceful, not screaming, but you're actually giving that other person a roadmap um, in regard to how you want to be treated. And then they have an opportunity to say, oh, I see that that's important to you, or I get that, or I will try, or something to that effect, right? If their reaction is disrespectful or angry, I don't know. I, I tend to say like in those situations, it's a pretty solid guess they don't respect themselves. Um, and so it's going to be near impossible for them to respect you. And, and there's always outliers, right? breakups, um, ending a relationship, quitting a job, like those big finality moments. I'm not saying people aren't allowed to have feelings to you saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. But what you have to remember is that it's not your job to manage it. They have to work through that. You know, the other thing that I really get into in chapter four um, is I talk about one of my ex-boyfriends that I actually ended up taking an order of protection out on. And I talk about those early red flag signs that I I knew in my gut were red flags and I tried to break it off, but then I'd feel bad every time I did because, right, I was trying to manage his reaction and how that relationship went um, south really fast. And, um, you know, I go into that in in detail about how that happened and and what that outcome was like for me and, and what I learned and you know, the biggest thing that I learned was that I know, did I know that he was going to get really angry and react in a way to me finally ending it for the second or third time? I think it was that to the point where I was afraid for my safety. Nope, I didn't. And I don't know that I could have done anything differently when I ended the relationship to stop that from happening because that was on him and, and how he chose to react. I had a responsibility to protect myself and to feel safe. And that's a big chunk of chapter four. And it's a big part of my life. It was a really stressful part of my life. I don't know when I can look back on that time in my life and just remember or a time in my life and remember more chaos and uncertainty and just wishing something would go away. And 
you know, I, I can remember quite a few times when everything was happening because it drug out in the legal system. And, you know, whether I wanted to do anything or not, the state had decided they were pressing charges. So, you know, it was out of my hands. But I can remember thinking, why does this stuff always happen to me? And I caught myself and I thought to myself, no, this isn't why does this always happen to me? What I started asking myself was, why do I continue to allow this? And looking back, you know, I come to the realization that I allowed a lot of things I shouldn't have because I think really when I get to the root of it, I didn't think I deserved more. I think on the outside, I thought I did. I knew what I wanted. I thought I knew how I wanted a relationship to feel, but I wasn't really connected to what I was worthy of because if I were, I never would have gone on a second date with that guy. And I can, hindsight's a real thing, right? When you're in the moment, you make the best decision you can. But looking back on that, if I were really rooted to my innate worth and making choices that were becoming of that, I would never have gone out on a second date with him because I remember quite vividly, and I talk about it in the book, that, you know, he would almost guilt trip me if I couldn't do something or I didn't want to make plans. And I remember the second date, he wanted me to, he and a bunch of his friends were going to this concert in the park and didn't I want to come over? And I remember thinking, no, I actually just want to be at home today and clean. And it was a beautiful day and it was a fall day. And I think it was the end of summer, fall. And I wanted to be at home, but like he like continued texting and, oh, come on, it'll be so much fun. And I really want to see you again. And if I was really connected to my worth and choosing me, I would have I would have stood my ground and said, no, I really appreciate it. But hey, how about Monday instead or whenever I felt like going out? And that should have been enough for him. He should have respected that. Right. He didn't. Hindsight's a real thing. But I started saying to myself or asking myself the question of why do I continue to allow it? And it's one of those things where you've got to get in touch and say to, my, say to yourself, how, how much am I really trying to get in there and manage other people's reactions? Meaning somebody else was upset by me saying no, that I couldn't go out that night or no, I wasn't comfortable with something. And so to try to lessen that discomfort, we then give in and change our stance on something or do something we don't want to do. And you don't have to do that. You know, the right people in your life will, yes, they'll want you to come out and do things or want to make plans with you, but they're also going to support when you're not comfortable doing something or you can't do something. That that respect has to go both ways. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think hindsight's a real thing and we learn by doing. And boundaries are hard for a lot of us, but they're necessary. They're just necessary in life. And what I want you to remember is if you struggle setting a boundary, you don't have to, you know, boundaries don't have to be forceful. They don't have to be angry. They can be communicated in a loving, soft way, just pretty matter of fact. And the way to do that, by the way, is to be really connected to you your story, and what you need. Because when you are and you've got that firm foundation of who you are as a person, then it is a soft matter-of-fact delivery because you're not defending yourself to anyone. You know, be mindful of that. Like if you get really defensive, um, if people question you or push a boundary, 
is it because that you feel disrespected or that person's being aggressive or do you feel like you have to defend yourself? Because I'm here to tell you, you don't have to. Um, you just don't have to. And that's the bottom line. And so I give you a little acronym at the end of chapter four as well and for boundary setting to remember. And that's talk. And the T is teach people how to treat you. The A is acknowledge how you feel and what you need. L is let the other person know. And K is kick the habit of managing other people's reactions. And so then for your assignment in chapter four, I've got a really awesome journal entry putting some pen to paper, um, talking about your feelings, talking about what you're needing. And I, I really try to get you connected to yourself, your values, your worth um, in order to communicate more efficiently and a little bit more empowered with other people. So that's chapter four. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying the book. I've been loving your feedback. And thank you so much to everybody who left a review on Amazon and Audible. I appreciate you so much. It all helps. This has been pretty cool. I've started to do some research for my next book, and I I don't know. Stay tuned on that, but I've got some ideas in the works. I want to hear your ideas, too. If you guys want to read a book about something, you know, that I've talked about here on the podcast, I'd love to hear your ideas. So if you've got questions, you can email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can check me out on Instagram at What's Next with Lisa. I also have a Facebook page for the book. It's going to be great. It's fine. I'm fine. Uh, and on Twitter at What's Next with Lisa. So I'm pretty easy to find. So check me out. I want to hear your comments, your questions, and I hope you guys are enjoying the book. I loved writing it um, and I love hearing from you. So today is a perfect day to snuggle in, take care of yourselves. I know we're all getting snow, pretty much all of us, um, in the West and in the upper Midwest. So snuggle in, stay cozy. Hey, read a book. Um, But today is also a perfect day to take care of yourself and ask yourself, what's next? See ya.